Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude Tony Marchese. And we are here with another edition of Sunday Fun Day. We've taken a, some time off during, you know, all this hell that we're going through with COVID and baseball not being around, but we're back this week to talk about, you know, baseball's back. Well, potentially baseball's back. We're here to talk about that, but before we do, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter, at Socks on Tap at OnTap Sportsnet. Be sure you're following OnTap at MixLR.com to get notifications when we go live. And anywhere that you listen to podcasts, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Tony, we're back, man. Buzz, we are back. And it you're right. It's been a little while. I think the last time I was on a microphone was uh, right after the draft concluded with our guy Johnny, who is out of town up in Wisconsin uh, enjoying not being around here. Um, he's taking, taking the week off. Uh, he's up there for the 4th of July, uh, which is not quite yet, but, uh, Buzz, we, uh, we did not get to talk since a little bit around since before Father's Day. So how was your Father's Day? First, first and foremost, how was, how was, how did Buzz celebrate Father's Day? I grilled brats. I made uh beer boiled brats. I grilled those, some hot dogs and I drank alcohol. And, yeah, that sounds that sounds know, about right. Yeah, I mean it was a normal Sunday, man. You know, it was cool. I got uh my wife and Ren got me a little speaker. Um, uh, it's actually a really good thing. Bangs. I, I wish I knew the brand of it, but it's like looks like it's made in out of wood. And it, it's badass, dude. Like it's a cool little speaker. And then they got me a couple. They got me a new socks um junk headband. And then they got nice. me. Yeah, they got me an Illinois one with the Illinois flag on it. So that Very was, nice. Yeah, that was pretty cool, and uh, yeah, I just kind of hung out, man. I saw my dad a little bit in the morning, and uh, yeah, how was your Father's Day? Not bad, man. Uh, I wound up with a bunch of uh, with some some socks, t-shirts, some socks, sweatpants, some socks, lounge clothes, because I'm never leaving this house again. That's I feel like that's the that's the motto here. I'm never leaving the house again during the week. Um, <clears throat> but we'll see, we'll see. It was a good Father's Day. Uh, I just wanted to check in with you on that because uh, we didn't get to do a Sunday fun day on Father's Day. Uh, we've both had a lot going on, Buzz, uh, just a lot going on in life. But the most important thing, I think, right now is that what you said just a few seconds ago, baseball is back. And I want to put a question mark on that because I think yeah. there are still <laughs> some hurdles to overcome here. Yeah. So it's like, is baseball back? Well, we had this conversation during the week. I mean, you know, we've talked, obviously, since Father's Day. We just haven't been on the mic together. But, like, we had this conversation, like, every day that we talked last week, which was, I think, every day. Every day. Like, you know, you're seeing this guy pop up with COVID, this guy pop up with COVID, and you're just like, you know, whether – I mean, it's ranging, Tone. It's from NFL players to WWE performers. Yeah. Every, it's all – I mean, it's just – it's literally everywhere. How MMA and NASCAR have pulled this off so – spectacularly i have no idea but our team sports seem to be suffering a little bit here um you know i i don't know if they come back man you know the negotiations sucked the season was implemented by manfred i mean i don't know if players are going to go out there and play you've seen people like trevor bauer talk on twitter you know i'm not going to go risk myself man to go do this and and especially when you see the numbers kind of skyrocketing, at least in the states that really didn't listen, such as Texas and, and Florida. I mean, those guys are they're, – they're not having a good time. They're having a very bad no, time. No, <laughs> no, they're not. And, and you know, that, that just starts to, to bleed into, you know, what are we doing here? And, you know, as a baseball fan, Buzz, I want to see the baseball season. And we haven't even gotten into some of the nitty-gritty details of – 
what took place during these negotiations, some of the rule changes that come out of this, um, down to you know how the player, some certain players feel about it. And you just brought one up in Trevor Bauer. Um, but Buzz, I think the I think the the sentiment is still. I want to see baseball this year, oh, and yeah. I'm, I'm sure you agree with me on that one. We want to see baseball played. We want to see a chance for the White Sox to do something. I think it would be a terrible, terrible waste of a year, especially in the development of some of these young guys, and we've said this on the show over and over again. It would be a terrible waste of a year to see them just not play a season. But at the same point in time, there are some health and safety issues that I, I, I'm not exactly convinced – and I don't think you are. That's the tone I'm getting. You're not exactly convinced that this is going to be easy to pull off. No, I'm not, dude. I mean, you know, you're not, you're not only dealing with the pandemic itself, but you're also dealing with players' personalities and concerns. And yep. it, it's not it's not black or white, dude. Like, you know, like hype, you know, there's got to be baseball players that are playing right now that their wives are pregnant or you know, their mom is sick. Or their grandma, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, okay, yeah, I need a paycheck. I get it. I understand. But do you think that those guys are going to go risk fucking around with this? I know I wouldn't. And that's why I, I'm not really too upset and mad at them is because, like, it, there's a fine line there. If the MLB can do it, and we, we, we're we seeing success stories, right? So there's, yes. there, there's a base model to go off of right now because, again, you know I've turned into a fucking left a left turn lover now i'm watching nascar literally right now i watch a truck race this morning i'm watching the bush race right now like they are doing it right and they do have teams yes it's one driver in a car but they have a pit crew they're keeping everybody healthy so there Mm -hmm. has to be a way this is working somehow right so and then you look at mma same thing you know you got your coaches and you're literally beating the shit out of somebody there ain't no social distancing there and they're making it work. So there, I'm optimistic there is a way to make it work. But when smaller, you... smaller numbers right. there. I think, I think it's a little bit difficult for, you know, a, a, a roster of 30 players plus personnel and everybody that's involved in getting a baseball game to be played. That's a larger number than what you're what you're dealing with in an MMA fight. Oh, sure. definitely MMA. NASCAR <clears throat> in general, though. I mean, what you got? You know, nine, ten on the pit crew, and then you got the pit crews. You know, forty of them. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. there's like, and then not to mention whoever else is there, like, fuck, that's a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, they, there's a way to do it. I just don't know how. And you're seeing all the stories come out, like, of these players getting COVID. And it's just, you know, especially within the NBA, too. I mean, you know, they, they're trying to get ready to go play in Disney and look at Florida. Florida's a fucking nightmare right now. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. there's, I, there's, <laughs> there's a lot here. And I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an expert on, the coronavirus and the health and safety protocols and, and how to do all this. And nor am I an expert uh, when it comes to putting all these people together and formulating a plan. If I was, I wouldn't be on the show. I would probably be <laughs> making a ton of money, either fighting the virus or getting a league back running. But it just seems like that is something that uh, I don't really want to be in that position. I don't envy anybody who's got to be making these decisions yeah. right now. And we'll backtrack just a little bit. The negotiations between the MLBPA and the MLB, not great, Bob. I think that's what I want to say with that. Not great, Bob, because we've basically kicked all of the major problems that we're going to be dealing with after the 2021 season down the road. When I thought that the the baseball itself had a chance to come together between the MLBPA and the owners, get their product on the field in a time where... America and the world is starved for entertainment. And it was the perfect bridge for both sides to meet in the middle of that bridge, come together, figure something out, and start to build a relationship that forms and goes into this 2021 CBA renewal uh, or, or, or labor dispute, whatever you want to call this, that would ease the tensions there. And essentially what they did is they both were so standoffish during these negotiations that looking ahead, I have zero faith, zero faith right now, Buzz, that they're going to come together and bridge a deal before that season were to start. I do not think we will see a full baseball season in 2022, Buzz. I don't think so. And so 
get down to the point where Rob Manfred has to implement a season. You're going to see grievances filed. You're going to see back and forth between the MLBPA and the owners in the backstories of the news. Sure, right now the focus is on let's get this season going. Let's see some baseball being played. Everybody's happy. You get the emails from the White Sox. We're back. We're ready to play baseball. You'll see the commercials start to pop up. You'll You'll figure out what the schedule is soon enough here. People are going to forget what just happened, but it's there's still going to be the undertones of this broken negotiation between the MLBPA and the owners, and that's going to be in the back of everybody's minds as this season goes on, as next season goes on, and then into that offseason where they're going to have to make a deal. So that's just not good. Any thoughts from you on the negotiations, what took place? Uh, the Honestly, you know, everything that you just said is 100% correct. Um what really upsets me about all of it is, is I, I know this is a sample size and then you go into next year and whatever happens with next year at this point where we're starting right now, you know, remains to be seen with the pandemic and all that noise. And then you get to the end of next year and you go into 20, you know, the, the labor dispute. This was a time where the MLB could have really capitalized. Yes. And brought in new viewership. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe bridge that. I mean, dude, because I mean, I know we've talked about this on the show before, and you know, when me, me and you, when we were in the driveway drinking beers, we were looking at the numbers of like just average age viewers for uh, um, other sports leagues in, in in America. I think we're like unicorns or something because we are like live and breathe and die with baseball, and a mm-hmm. lot of people our age don't, which is kind of odd to me. I mean, obviously, we know a bunch of. Uh, people that we love that watch baseball that are our age. I'm just talking on a little bit more of a grander scale. Yes. Um, like this is my sport. This is, this is what I, that's what I mean. Right. It's this like, is what I consume. Yes. I talk on a Blackhawks podcast. I'm a huge Blackhawks fan, but I, I wouldn't sit there and say that I live and breathe hockey as much as I do baseball. Like this is, this is what I love to like, consume. Like this, this is, is your what number I love one to, shit. Yes, I get up on Sunday morning and we talk about baseball buzz. Right. We're doing we're doing this uh, every day during the season talking about this team. I love baseball. I coach my son. Right. I played baseball growing up. This is my sport. And so, you're right. The, we are kind of unicorns in this because when you look at that average age, Buzz, what was it? Like it was 57. 57. It was 57, 57 years old when you and I looked in the driveway. It was 57 years old, which was the oldest out of the other, you know, of the other three major. I'm not counting soccer, all right, but you know what I mean. Like the three major, the the, the banners that are hanging behind me here: football, <clears> basketball, <throat> hockey, baseball. It's, it, it came in fourth, and I think that they they missed a golden opportunity to not only reinvent themselves, but to be a leader within all this. Now, if you're keeping people safe, I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? I get it. But that's, that's what, what that wasn't in the news, dude. It it was them fighting and it it did nothing but hurt them. So here's a question for you, Buzz. It was the risk in, in player safety worth the reward. If baseball were to return number one, for the sport, for the sport, because if you look back, let's go back three months here. Let's go back three months. We're basically in July. So if you take away June, you take away May and you go back to April and baseball trudges on and says, we're going to do this. We're not going to play with fans. They come up with a plan. They start the season sometime early May, which I think was when we originally when all this was going down in March, we're like, okay, we might get baseball starting sometime in May. Right. Even if that was the resume of spring training and games started late right. May, early June. Would the risk in player safety be worth the reward for baseball to be the only thing being played during summer and literally have the entire world watching the game of baseball being played in either MLB stadiums or hub cities or whatever? Do you think that would have been worth it? Would that have changed the trajectory and the and, and lower the average age of viewer of the game of baseball? Do you think it would have been worth it? Oh, absolutely! If they could have done it safely. Um, you know, I'm having a mind a mind fart here. Like I can't remember when. Um, UFC or NASCAR came back. It's been quite a few weeks here. They came back in May. Um, you know, obviously they're they're not team sports. Or whatever, but those those guys came back in May. Uh, look look where we're at right now. <laughs> you 
You know, look where baseball's at. If they could have done it in a safe way and whatnot, they would have been there would have been a lot of eyes on baseball and probably would have created a ton of new fans. I do believe that. But again, but do you think do you think there was a chance for that whole thing to backfire on them? Like if we're if we're talking realistically right now and we're still seeing a spike in numbers in certain states yeah, that right. do host MLB teams, do you think that the like the risk of a player or a team coming down with COVID would have been worth it for the game because you can you can sit there and say I mean this is a I don't think there's a right answer to this question. I, yeah, man, I don't think I'm I was asking. about to say that. I don't think there is either because I don't want anybody to get sick. I don't want anybody to put themselves at risk. You know that this thing is very fucking real and it's scary and I don't want anybody to get hurt or suffer. Um, so should the, should the appropriate answer at that point in time instead of publicly displaying what these negotiations are for the sport from a PR standpoint? It's not safe to play right now. And I didn't hear that come out of the MLB at all. It's not safe to play right now. We're waiting. So basically waiting. what you're saying, that wasn't We're their waiting. concern. No, their concern was all about this CBA. That right. it, this was not about player safety, number one. This has always been about the money. It's been the money since day one. I, I don't. I don't think... Buzz, and you see it coming out of guys like Trevor Bauer, I don't think that they were ever really that concerned about who gets sick or not. It's always been about who's going to wind up with the most money in their pockets at the end of the season. Well, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Not probably, you are right. And like I said, your question, there was no fucking answer in that. I didn't know how to answer that. I don't want anybody to get sick, but I do think that the prime opportunity was at least missed coming into June here when numbers started deflating and phase four yes. was talked about and phase three was talked about. So maybe maybe not May, but maybe June, and they blew it. Um, and maybe maybe they missed that golden window to start that season in June. And especially and with how June, they fucking did all yes. this public negotiation, how they did. They used the media against each other, players and yes. owners. And listen, like we've had, I've said on the show before, I tend to side with the union guy, tend to side with the players on, you know, at least money aspects of things. Prorate it, that percentage shit, you even said yourself, that percentage shit was bullshit. You know, like prorate it, call it a day, let's move forward, let's go. But. You know, I just wish they – I mean, how do you say this? Like, I wish that they were more cordial and, and thoughtful within the media with it because now you've turned off so many people. You've just yeah. turned off so many people who don't – I mean, and there's guys on Twitter that I know who are a, part, a big part of White Sox Twitter. They're like, fuck this. I don't give a shit. Like, this is just ridiculous, you know. I And I know my old man's like that too. You know, he's like, I ain't watching a fucking game. Fuck all of them. Billionaires, millionaires. He goes, I'm a thousandaire and I'm miserable. Where's my beer? You know, so it's yeah. just, you know, you don't know really where to go with it. But needless to say, I'm a junkie and I'm excited for spring training. Yeah, the, the person that suffers the most, Buzz, are the guys like you and I in, in this whole thing. And, and any of the diehard fans who are going to turn this right back on as soon as it's on. The first baseball that I can consume will be on my TV. Oh, 100%. no matter what. Yeah. And, yep. you know, the, the people who get screwed over in this are the fans who are so dialed in and love this product that just haven't been treated well or, or even thought of in this whole thing. Because it's really easy for the casual fan to say, well, screw this. I'm done. I'm not going to watch something uh, this year. This is terrible what they're doing. I'm not going to give them my money. And then there's the people who are so dialed into this who are going to turn it right back on regardless. <laughs> Take those my are money. The people who get, <laughs> these are the people who get hurt over and over in these situations. So let, let's let's get back on track a little bit. Spring training starts July 1st, Buzz. Most teams will be hosting it in their home stadiums. I think Toronto is one of those teams who will have to find somewhere to go. But there will be 60 players invited to camp for each team. Only those players eligible to play in 2020. The list of 60 needs to be submitted by this afternoon, Buzz. We could see some movement around the league. I don't really expect there to be much uh, of that, however, those rosters need to be submitted Sunday afternoon. That's today, uh, probably when people are listening to this. The rosters will be final, and I'm sure we'll have that covered uh, over at ontapsportsnet.com. Games are set to begin July 23rd or 24th. It'll be a 60-game season, 10 games against each divisional opponent, 20 games against the corresponding geographical division. That would be the NL Central for us. Yes, that means... We will be playing the Cubs, and I know that the White Sox will be playing the Cubs six times this year. So you'll have 14 other games spread out amongst the NL Central. You'll get to see the Brewers, Cardinals, Cardinals. Yep. 
It's going to be very cool. It's it, going to be very – I mean, that's one thing that is really, really cool and that's something that I, I honestly – I look forward to very much is uh, yes. is the geographical um, division. I, I'm very – not just because of the Cubs either. Like, I, I can't wait to – I mean, dude, we're going to get to watch Christian Yellick. You know, I mean, we're going to get to watch – I mean, Flair uh, – wow, I can't say his name. Flaherty. There we go. God. Jack Flaherty, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Jack, you know, Eugenio Suarez. I mean, we're going to get to see all these – players that you know are really great players that we don't get to typically watch and i think it's really fucking cool man plus i know you're gonna love this just as much as i am no more fucking it's 9 30 at night i'm dying because i'm trying to stay awake and i don't have to watch the fucking socks in seattle or in la like oh, i oh man i'm gonna miss the late start i'm gonna I, miss the late start johnny I'm, and I'm, i i am not going to johnny miss the late and I are start. gonna miss the late start i know you you are a very tired individual you get tie tie i get fucking go to bed. Tone, tone i get tie tie and then i have to go nine eye okay so i get tie tie then i have to go nine eye that's because i get up at fucking five. like dude do you have an i know we're getting off topic but it's me and you and we always do this do you have that internal clock built into you or can you just fucking yes. sleep no i've got an internal clock it's 5 a.m tone it's fucking 5 a.m and that's how easy I, it doesn't matter i went to bed last night at 11 30 i mean the little one's sick so i won't use that as an example friday night i went to bed at like 2 30 me and duke we played fucking NASCAR on Xbox all night. Two thirty, I go to bed. Five o'clock, I'm up. I I I can't do those late games during the week. I could do. If you're for- following along here, Buzz has turned into a NASCAR junkie. Yeah, I like to turn left. I like to go fast. Buzz has turned into a NASCAR junkie. But yes, Buzz, the the <laughs> the benefit for you this year is that you will not have late night games. Uh, I think there's another benefit to it where you're not going to have those six o'clock starts where you're trying to like cook dinner and oh, you get yeah. the little ones running around and right. everything. Yeah. So th- there, there's, there's a benefit to playing pretty much all of these games outside of a few of them that'll be played in the Eastern time zone. I know you got the, the, the Tigers. Yeah. And I think a few other teams out there, Pittsburgh, um, Cincinnati yep. uh, that are out over there that might start a little early, but you won't have as much of that. Um, and then, Outside of that, I know you and I, we go back and forth on this one all the time. We've already talked about it. If you need to hear our sides on this, uh, go back a few weeks. Uh, Buzz and I had a nice little argument about this one, the Universal DH. People I thought we were really one's... legit mad at each other. I, like, yeah. I, I I'm don't... like, you don't know us too well if you actually think we're mad at each other. Like, I, get, no, I, just... I get into this with Johnny. I get into this with you all the time. I guess I can be considered a baseball purist. Um, <laughs> That's just how you said it, man. <laughs> I guess I can be considered a baseball purist, and I'll wear that badge with honor. Uh, the universal DH will be implemented uh, throughout the course of this season. 30-man active roster reduced to 28 after two weeks, 26 after four weeks. 26 is what we were going to have regardless this year. Yeah. August 31st trade deadline. Man, this could be an interesting trade deadline buzz, and I'm sure as it approaches, we will get closer to it. But this one, buzz... You know what grinds my gears? Oh, please tell me. Really, please tell me what grinds your gears, real quick. You know what really you want really grinds my gears, Buzz? Oh, dude, don't even say it because it pisses me off too. I, I really didn't want to talk about it, but fucking Nani. Had okay, to we're gonna this. we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. Nani isn't here, but he he left us the rundown that we're going off of right now. So <laughs> a quick shout out to Johnny. He knows we're degenerates who wouldn't have made one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so runners starting on second base in extra innings oh, is the dumbest fucking, fucking thing I've stupid. ever heard of. They did this in, in Little League, like, 10-year-old ball last year. Actually, even younger than that. My son was, I believe, seven last year. Seven- and eight-year-old ball. Starting the runner on second base in extra innings. And this was only a playoff rule for them because they didn't play extras normally. But, but in baseball, Buzz... You have to earn your spot on base. This isn't like free handout city. This is ruining a generation of uh, Americans by just awarding second base. Did you start life on second base, Buzz? No, I started fucking life in the back of the dugout on the end of the bench. Yes, exactly. That's where where I started life. Now we've got fuckers starting life on second base in extra innings. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very irritated about this. I I really am. I, I, I do not like this. I think this is bullshit. I know that we just made the little joke about the DH thing. That is something that, like, I'm cool with, and I know you hate it, but I know that, like, that doesn't ruin the game for you. This kind of ruins the game for this me. ruins the game. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't imagine, like, you know, I'm six beers deep watching a baseball game, 
that Giolito has pitched a complete game shutout and we go into extras and fucking, you know, Kelvin Herrera comes out. Oh, no, 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 no. Kelvin Herrera comes out with a runner on second and gives up a little bloop single. And there goes your ball game. The Royals win. No, fuck that shit. You give up one single as a reliever out there in the 10th inning and you got a runner on first, not ball game over. I, I know they want to speed these games up. But I know this isn't they want the to... way to do it. No, it's not the way to do it. This is not the way to do it. I feel like, you know, I talk about the integrity of the game with the universal DH, and we dug in on both sides. You're correct. The universal DH doesn't ruin the game of baseball at its core. Starting a runner on second base. That does. It, it, that ruins the game at its core. It, I, uh, I, I agree I, with that, Tony. I really I read, do agree with that. I read something the other day that now a pitcher can throw a perfect game and still lose or a no-hitter and still lose because that runner starts on second base. Think about it. Pass ball, runner advances the third. Another pass ball, runner comes home, game over. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. You're going to see some weird stuff, but it's just it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like baseball. You know, like I'm just hoping I, that this is I, a, a in a 60 game season tone. I'm hoping that this is just one of those things where it's kind of like, okay, we're gonna experiment and fuck with this, and then the outrage from people like us, and I'm sure we're not the only ones in this boat. Um, no, I'm I, sure, I'm we're, sure we're probably sinking the fucking boat because <laughs> there's so many people in it. But they see the outrage and just how stupid that this really is, and. I could deal with it for one year because, I mean, this is just the most odd year we've lived in our lives, so why, yes, <laughs> might as well sprinkle some shit up, more weirdness on it. I'm going to I'm gonna go back, Buzz, and I'm going to say what I said on one of these shows earlier, that the version of baseball that we're going to get this year is not going to be the baseball that we expect it to be, and this is one of the reasons why, okay? I'm okay with implementing a few changes each year to make the game better. I'm okay trying out the universal DH in this season. I think it keeps pitchers a little bit healthier for, for the 60 games. You didn't have a real spring training. Let the hitters hit. Let the pitchers pitch. Go back to what you have to do next year. If the if the experiment is a wild success, go right on with it. But changing the way that games are ended matters so much. I, I like At least with the universal DH, everybody's on a level playing field. With the runner on second base, sure, everybody's on a, on a level playing field in, the, in the, the sense that you get the runner to start the inning on second base. But if you've got a team that's struggling to hit all day and can't get a base runner on, and all of a sudden you got a runner in scoring position, Buzz, that's just a different feel. That's just a different, ugh, I, I don't like it. Yeah, it I doesn't don't make like a lot it. of it sense It feels to me. cheap. It feels... It feels forced. It feels cheap. It feels like a way to just end the ball game. Yep. And I've said this over and over again. The best baseball games are the ones that seemingly go on forever. And that's just my opinion because if I can kick back on a Sunday afternoon and watch a game go 18 innings, that's what I want to do. Right. I'm not going anywhere. I'm tuned in. The longer your product's on television in extra innings, that's exciting stuff. I think about triple overtime hockey games in the playoffs, man. These things just seemingly go on forever. And that's what I want my sport to be. I want my sport to be something that captivates and entertains me. And when you're trying to end it sooner, it feels like you're trying to just get it over with and you don't care about it. You just want the end. No, let the game be the game. Let the game play itself. Let the players earn their victories. Don't start handing shit out to them now. Like that, it just feels cheap to me, Buzz. It feels really fucking cheap. I definitely agree with that. I pretty much agree with everything you said when it comes to this runner starting on second base. I don't like it. I won't like it. There's no way even with me watching it I can come around to it. I don't like it. I'm I'm still going to be mad if the White Sox win because I will you know, not. I, 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 I will Grandel not be. started the inning on second base and Jose Abreu knocked him in. Right. I'm still going to be like that didn't feel right. I uh when 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 I win, I tend to forget. So um, when the first no. time I the first time I lose tone is when I will be very very upset and pissed off. But one thing I wanted to touch on because we jumped kind of right into that was the August thirty first trade deadline. 
you realize we only have a month and a week of baseball before that trade deadline. This can be very important for the Sox. Yes. This could be very, very important for the Sox if they are competitive in this shortened season and maybe they want to add, you know, a, a better pitcher somewhere in there, you know, get another reliever that's going to be good for you moving into the postseason or you just stand pat. That's going to be very important. I want people to, you know, really notice that during, like, if the season starts on the 23rd or the 24th. That is, that's huge. Yes. That's going to, yes. that's going to be a tall sign of if the Sox are really competing August 31st. If they're competing, a move will be coming. I guarantee it. Yeah, I, I agree with that one, dude. I think, like I said, it's going to be a very interesting trade deadline just because you're not going to have that long to evaluate whether your team's going for it this year, what you're trying to do. If you're struggling, can you move a guy like Edwin Encarnacion? Can you move a Gio Gonzalez? Can you move somebody off and get something back? If you're on the fringe, do you go all in because it's such a short season? You're four games back and you need to make a run. Do you go and give up a couple of prospects to add to the rotation? Do you bring in somebody to, you know, come in and play right field better than Nomar Mazzara? There's going to be so many different hey, there, things <laughs> that are going on here. We've got it, the guy already that's going to play right field better than Nomar Mazzara, and he's still fucking sitting out there. Who's that? Yasiel Puig. Oh, boy. He, there's, oh boy. there's Deep cuts from the offseason buzz, everybody. Deep there, cuts from the offseason buzz. There is no fucking way he is still a free agent. I don't get it, bro. And especially with the universal DH thing here. Like, am I, am I in crack? Did he do something? Did he, seriously, I am fucking wondering if there's something like that no one knows that hasn't hit the fucking, you know, the new, like the press or whatever, the media. Like what? he's under investigation for something. Right. Like, like what the fuck did he do, bro? There's no way, Tony, and you know it too by looking at his stats. This guy's 29 fucking years old, man. Yes, but pl- that the teams don't want to spend money right now. That's your problem. Yeah, but teams he, don't want to spend money do, right do now. Do you think it's on him wanting to sit? I understand. Like it's not. We were talking. No, well, he doesn't want to sit. I heard. I heard he was talking to teams in the KBO. Right. So in like Japan. And and you and I talked about this. I mean, previous and previous episodes back here, but in a 162 game season, we were thinking what was what was about fair. We were thinking maybe about 11 million, right? Somewhere around there. And I thought you could get him for maybe 10. And now like, that he sat so long, and now that you're getting into a 60 game season, I mean, I'm sure this guy signs for fucking two to five million somewhere in there. Maybe less. Maybe even less. Maybe even less. Maybe you even less. Instead of saying, now, if you want a, you want a million dollars, come come DH a little bit for an NL team. I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't. And I think I know you're happy and want it, it would be so happy to see Puig on the south side. I Gene's really cream, think they're bro. going through they're going with Nomar Mazar. No, they I are. They just, they definitely are. And I was just I was just being I was trying to make myself happy. Um, which is a Chicago sports fan is usually far in, in between, you know, but I'm just looking at this guy's stats here, and I know we've talked about it before, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but it's just I am fucking blown away that Nomar Mazzara is going to get the shot over this guy. And this guy had a down year last year, and you have to take two, the previous two Nomar Mazzara seasons to get up to last year Puig's war. It fucking blows me away, man. Blows Blows me away. That's the White Sox for you. I did hear something. I think it was on this show. I forget who said it. Maybe it was uh, Shane or uh, Zoe that uh, Puig and Abreu don't get along. I forget where I heard I think that it, from. It was, it was Zoe, but I mean, I've read that before, too. I, I've read that before. but So maybe there's some hesitation there that the Sox look at, at Abreu as a leader. Uh, you know, you know, Again, we don't know. We can speculate all we want as to why nobody signed Yaziel Puig. And we could speculate all we want as to why the Sox in particular haven't done it. Um, makes a lot of sense on paper um, to just give this guy a try, add him to the roster. And if it doesn't work out in a, in a little bit, it's a low money investment to uh, 
try and make your team better. I, I don't know. I don't know why it hasn't happened. I'm so don't sorry I went down happen. that rabbit hole. I just no. This was you know deep cuts from the offseason buzz. This is a segment. That, yeah, uh, it, it was just we we're talking about the trade deadline. We we're talking about if we you know where we can improve our team, right? And you know right field, yeah. we do have a question mark on right field, and we do have a question mark within our bullpen a little bit. There and our starters too. We have a little bit of a question mark with our pitching. I think our hitting lineup is pretty decent, honestly. Like I've said before, time and time again, but it's just. You have the chance to make the team better, and I know the 60-game season is going to have an asterisk next to it, but I think we're we're one of those teams that might be kind of built for this. So I, I don't I don't know. I'm overly optimistic. Well, well I want to I want to read you something, and I didn't publicly post this on Twitter yesterday, but it really got me. You save it in your drafts. I save it's it's no, it's not in my drafts. I sent this to Pete Hand and, and Johnny yesterday because this really bothered the hell out of me. So I'm going to go back to January 15th. And mind you, this is before all of the coronavirus, COVID stuff kind of derailed the season. And everybody was really excited to see White Sox baseball. This is even before all the moves are done. White Sox talk, January 15th, in an interview with Rick Renteria. Rick Renteria is eyeing a trip to the playoffs for the 2020 White Sox. If anybody is afraid of setting expectations, this is not a place to be. Pretty powerful statement coming from Rick Renteria back in January. Then there's, uh, what was this? June 27th. So this was yesterday, yesterday morning. Uh, Scott Merkin writes, The White Sox continue to have a big picture, long-term view of their rebuild. Here we go with the rebuild word again. Wanting to contend for multiple titles. So development and growth continue to be the keys in 2020. But, they certainly won't apologize for finding some success in this 60-game season. Where the fuck is this disconnect, Buzz? Where the fuck is the disconnect? Are you trying to win this year? Are you trying to walk back expectations that were already being set? And not only that, Rick Renteria is saying, if you're afraid of setting these expectations, this is not the place for you. So why is Rick Hahn saying Growth and development in 2020. Yeah, growth and development is important in every year. Well, that's a generic statement. That should be a generic statement. But they're not going to apologize for finding success this year. That's the part that kills me. When I go in and I analyze that statement, they're not going to apologize for finding success. It makes it feel like finding success this year for the White Sox would be accidental. Uh, kind of just like, oh, hey, this kind of we happened. found some success this year. This kind of happened. Right. And then you go back to January, and Rick Renteria is saying – I want to see the White Sox in the playoffs this year. We need to set expectations to do that. And if we're not setting expectations to do that, those people who don't set those expectations shouldn't be here. And then you get the message coming from the front office like, hey, we're more worried about developing guys this year, taking it slow. If this isn't the year, then okay. As long as we see some development from our guys, it's going to be considered a success internally, and we're going to go from there. That's not the fucking attitude I want anymore, Buzz. I felt like the White Sox went out. They made some key additions to this roster. They want to compete. Maybe they didn't do enough, or maybe they didn't get everything done that they thought they were going to. Look at Zach Wheeler. But to walk back the expectations from playoffs, playoffs or bust, maybe that's just it's going to be a developmental year. I don't know. That didn't sit well with me. Maybe that's just Rick Hahn's fancy fucking lawyer talk shit because i mean if if you didn't think that you were going to at least be somebody that was going to try to compete you're not going to get edwin and carcion no no, no. that's fine you're not going to sign dallas keichel you know that's okay so i'm exactly i'm gonna take that if you're if you're gonna go out there and add veteran players to this rebuilding core i want rick Hahn to come out and say i put this roster on uh, on paper this team is built to compete. We are going to compete this year. Judge me now. This is my uh, roster. Well, if, if, he's he, not at this, if he's not at that point, no, because as a White Sox fan, Buzz, this is every he's single not, year. He's this not is gonna every say that. single year. No, he's not going to say that. That's the problem. <laughs> Accountability, Buzz. Bro. Accountability. Yeah, if Rick Renteria is going to come out and say, I want to be in the playoffs this year and judge me at this, when when do we put the onus on Rick Hahn? That's my question. Well, I've been judging Rick Renteria for a long time anyway. Yeah, um, but when 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 does when does the when's the judgment? What year are the Sox supposed to compete? Now, my judgment now. start my judgment started at the end of last year. 
Okay, so are we uh, holding the White Sox to the same? I expectations? hold the White Sox accountable. I hold them. I hold them to high expectations this year. I want a fuck. I understand they're young. Listen, okay, we've been through a lot of rebuilds here in Chicago with many different sports. Okay, so we've That's we've lived. We you know you Bears, Bulls, Hawks. We've been here. We know what this shit entitles. Yes. Or entails. Um, now this is where I'm at. Forty-one and what was it? Forty-one and forty-two last year at the break, right? Over. Overachieving, somewhat of a young roster. You got some, you know, you you got some uh, quadruple A players out there. You got some a couple of vets out there. Your pitching ain't all that. A lot of injuries, dealing with a lot of injuries. But you're 41 and 42. Then you have the the huge downfall going into the second half of the season, right? So mm-hmm. then you come into this off season, and we add some play like you add Yasmani Grandal, who's arguably the best catcher in the game. One of them, top three. Arguably one of the best players in Chicago. Right. So then you add... Not even a, arguably. He uh, is one of the best players. Then you add a power bat. And Edward and Carcion come play your DH. And then first base when you need uh, to, to rest Abreu. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you go get a number two because you're building on the fact that you think Giolito can recreate that success that he had le- he had last year. So then you add a veteran who I know his numbers weren't great last year, but I mean, come on, he sat out a long time, but they were decent. You add a, a you know a veteran lefty who's a former Cy Young winner and a World Series winner, and Dallas Keuchel. So when you read that thing from Merck, that Han said, I understand your frustration of you getting mad, but that just kind of shows you the kind of guy Rick Han is. Is because it's easier to say, well, I don't know what's going to happen if we yeah, overachieve. We overachieve. You know what I'm saying? He's of not. That's, he's not trying that's to sell him. To say. He hasn't sold himself. You know what I mean? Okay, but that, there's a problem. Maybe you oh, didn't 100%. do what you needed to do this offseason, Rick. Ask I Ken, want ask, some confidence coming out of this team. I ask, want some swagger. Ask Ken W.O. about Rick Hahn. I mean, he'll, he'll tell you. I, I think Rick, I love the fact that if he was actually able to be the deciding factor and the pushing force into starting a rebuild, because let's face it, we needed it. Okay? Mm-hmm. We needed it. We know Nobody's that. Nobody's denying that. Nobody's denying that. Right. So, but everything else that he's kind of done is kind of odd. And... It, Especially his wordplay, I've always found very odd. He, so you have three, you have three lanes on the expressway, right? You got the, you got the fucking, you got the slow lane on the far right. You got the middle lane where you're kind of just going with traffic. And then you got the left lane, you're fucking cruising. Yes. Rick Hahn's a middle laner, bro. Yes, but if you go back to the beginning of this whole entire rebuild, Buzz, you start with Rick Hahn trading Chris Sale for Johan Moncada and Michael Kopak. And one of the first things out of Rick Hahn's mouth was we had the talent to trade away to get almost to, if not major league ready talent to accelerate this rebuild, to put us into a position to compete sooner than most teams would. If you go through a rebuild. So now you've set this expectation. Okay. You look at your standard rebuild. You got five years, right? Five years. We've heard this five year thing. Numerous times. And you start to look back and you're like, okay, maybe we're going to be good in three, three to four years, maybe even sooner. Okay. Then you peel back and you go and you get uh, Eloy Jimenez in the uh, Q trade a- and you get Dylan Cease there. You go, you get uh, Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez in the Adam Eaton trade, which might turn out to be the best trade of the whole thing. You never know. We don't even know which one's going to turn out to be the best. These were all good trades that Rick Hahn made. Mm-hmm. Then you start selling off some other pieces. You know, your Todd Frazier's of the world, your Robertson's, all these other guys to bring back some mediocre lottery ticket pieces. Um, you build all this together. You go get uh, Luis. Uh, you sign him to like a almost a franchise record deal out of, uh, you know, the international signings. And you're, you're, you've got this great core. And then your pitching starts to go down in the minor leagues, left and right. Then all of a sudden, we're getting players held back for service time. Then you get Steve Stone telling everybody during the broadcast, it takes five years to build a house, so we should be waiting and we should be patient because our day will come. And all of a sudden, the expectations and the the goalposts have now moved further down the field. We're marching down, if we're a football team, we're marching down the field towards the end zone, and they keep tacking on 10 yards. Every single time we move the ball 10 yards, Somebody just takes that end zone and moves it back another 10. I don't want that end zone to keep moving. I want us to get into the red zone buzz, and I want Rick Hahn to say, this is the year where we will reach 
that end zone. And that's when you can finally sit there and actually evaluate this thing and say, okay, is Rick Renteria the guy that's going to lead this team in the playoffs? This is when you can say, are these players who are on this team the guys that we need? Or do we need to go out and get a big ticket free agent? Somebody who's already a six war player and sign him to that deal and get, get us over that hump. That's the point where you can actually make sound and valid judgments when we have reached that point where we are in the red zone and all it takes is a little bit of luck on top of all the talent that's been accumulated and reach the major league level to get us over the hump where we're competing for a championship. And when I read that statement from Rakan, I feel another 10 yards that we have to go to get to the point where we have a sound enough team that we can judge them and say, is this the team that's going to get us over the hump? Yes, I am completely aware that there are question marks with Michael Kopech. There are question marks with Carlos Rodon. There are question marks within that rotation. What are these guys going to do? You've got Garrett Crochet coming up here. Is he going to be a reliever? Long-term start. There's a lot of stuff in the background that we need to figure out. Is Andrew Vaughn going to be up in the next two years playing first base? What do you do in right field? Is Nomar Mazzara really the guy? There are so many questions around this team, but at the same point in time, Buzz, you talked about guys that they added. You talk about Yasmani Grandal. You talk about Dallas Keuchel. You talk about adding a solid fifth starter, I think, in uh, on almost any Major League Baseball Gio team. Gonzalez. Gio Gonzalez. Steve Cishek. You talk about... Yeah, you talk about making additions to the bullpen in players that have played in the playoffs like Steve Ciszek. You talk about all these things that the White Sox have added, and it looks on paper like, hey, this team looks like it wants to compete. And then we go back and we talk about the growth and development. You can do both at once. Rick Hahn can come out there and say, I want the, the, the young guys to develop. I want Eloy Jimenez to take a step. I want Luis Robert to take his first steps in the Major League in Major League Baseball this year. But at the same time, I feel that our, our – talent on this roster is good enough to go out and compete for a championship this year and those are the words that I want to hear Rick Hahn say is I feel like this team as constructed can go out and compete he doesn't have to say we're going to win the World Series this year our goal is to win the World Series this year that should be every team's goal every year and Johnny and I have talked about that all the time so you're basically your goal. You're, you're basically wanting him to say like I'd be disappointed if I didn't make the fucking playoffs something along those yes. lines I, I want Rick Hahn to say we have reached a point as White Sox fans where it's time to expect success. It's time to expect to win. That's that's not saying we're going to win a World Series. Hands down, if I don't win the World Series this year, you guys can crucify me. No, I want him to say there will be winning baseball on the south side this year and be held accountable enough where if it doesn't happen, that's where we as White Sox fans can really start to question who these people are that are running the team are the players and personnel on the field the right guys to get that done? When does that happen? If every single year we're starting to approach baseball and the goal is growth and success or growth uh, of the players and development of the players and not success on the field when it comes to the win column, we are still in that rebuild mode. And I feel like as a team, if I look at it on paper, I'm expecting this team to be competing, competing for a playoff spot, whether it be 160 two-game season, whether it be a 30-game season, whether it be a 60-game season. This team, as constructed, needs to take that step right now and say, we're ready to compete. Otherwise, this year, who cares? Who cares? It's just going to be another rebuild year. What, what am I, as a White Sox fan, looking for and expecting out of this team this year? That's, that's where my problem is. Stop adding those 10 yards. It's like taking penalties over and over and over again. You right. don't need it. You know, it makes a lot Start of to sense. say it's time to compete. It makes a lot of sense. I, I can tell that bothers you very, very much. It does. I've got a lot of things that bother <laughs> me. If, if you can't tell, Buzz, I'm, I'm very bothered today. So we already talked about this before. We've talked about the no spitting or chewing tobacco, and we've talked about the no celebratory contact, the high fives, fist bumps, hugs, and shit like that. Um, you know, we, We've talked about all that already. One other thing I want to touch on before we move into Sox on Tap shout-outs is um, the players that are not likely to participate, like a next-game starter, to sit in the stands or other areas uh, designated by by the club, and they have to be six yes. feet apart. That's actually pretty cool because it'll, like, I mean, it'll be the players, so it's it's it'll give a little bit of that feel that there's somebody in the crowd that gives a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, that's that's pretty cool. I, I, I enjoy that, but... 
other than that, man, I mean, I got nothing else with the uh, with the. Uh, can real, can those real players shit. like get a beer from the? Can those players get a beer from like the vendor? Because you know it'd be really is cool. A, is there a vendor gonna be there? There should be. I mean, could you imagine like Dollar Dog Wednesday and you've got you know. Yerman Mercedes, who's not expected to play that day, crushing Modelo's and downing Dollar Dogs in the stands. He, you know he's not going to play. He's he's non-active today. And there's Yerman Mercedes just with a fucking six-pack of Modelo cruising through. And you get Chuck Garfine to come over there. Chuck's probably wearing a mask. You know, we're, we're going to keep, you know, with his, with his extendo microphone. With an extendo microphone. And you can see, like, Yerman just crush a Modelo and take down a hot dog. Like imagine the sideshow that you could get of like players doing the nine 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 challenge. Oh yeah. You know, like during the game. And and just I, I feel like that would just add another element to this. It's weird. And and I'm sure the White Sox probably don't advocate for their players getting blasted in the stands during baseball games while they're supposed to be working. Uh, even though they're not playing that game, but I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be fun. Uh, I think it'd be cool and tough. And I think it would be. Good I think it would for, be really I, cool and tough. I think it'd be fucking awesome for baseball to do something like that, or like let their players do something like that because of the relatability. Like, think yeah. about it. You tune in. You tune in, right? And fucking Giolito's a big cat, you know, and he's not pitching today. Well, he just went over to the craft cave, grabbed a couple craft beers, grabbed a fucking brat, <laughs> just sitting there yeah, watching. Yeah, exactly. He's just know, sitting there watching. Just sitting there eating and fucking cracking some beers, watching, you know, doing what America's pastime is. Watching yes. fucking baseball, drinking some beer, eating some brats and dogs. Just, you know, if you got your peanuts, just be just be cleanly and throw them in a plastic bag instead of spitting them on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Or throwing the shells on the ground, you know. But other than that, I think that would be hilarious. And I think it would become really relatable with players to fans that are watching on TV, too. Yeah. It's like, get like, the fuck out those... of here. You like anti-hero, too? I love anti-hero. Yeah, like, I, I just, I think it would, I think it would add a little bit. I don't know where that just came from. But, like, if you've got, I don't know, bring back Mark Burley and let him, let him crush some, let him crush some bush lights. Uh, out down near the bullpen and just like cut over to his audio every now and then as he's like, you know, commenting on uh, Dallas Keuchel's uh, warm up pitches before he starts the game. Like, I, I just think you can let in a few few names into these games and, and stay underneath your your social distancing limit. And, and it, it would be it would be fun for the fan to tune in and watch. Oh, yeah. Um, with that said, though, Buzz, uh, there were talks of the White Sox allowing people into these games. I think the number was around 8,000. I really feel like this is far-fetched when I look at things um, because you not only have the city component of uh, the city letting people in, but you also have the MLB. Is it going to be fair for certain teams to let fans in while others can't? Um, I just I think it's going to be a little far-fetched to expect fans at games at least right away in the season we'll see what happens who knows maybe it's limited to some season ticket holders maybe at some point during this season we start to see a couple fans in there um i i I don't know we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens with that um i just think it would be weird if like chicago was the only place that allowed fans in and the rest of all the other games that we saw didn't have anybody in there uh, you'd have to wonder whether or not it would be like 500 level only or spread out throughout the outfield. Who knows? Who knows how this would even work? Um, again, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, I'm not an expert in this. There's still was, so many questions left to ask. Yeah, there's still so many questions yeah. about all that stuff. Um, there's there's just so many questions. It's hard like to break said. them all down because when yeah. you sit and think about it, because like your point that you just made is like, yeah, well, you know, Illinois' numbers are, I mean, they're, they're on the rise a little bit again. Not crazy, but they're on the rise a little bit again. But when you look at somebody like, again, Texas or Florida, no fucking way they're going to let people go there. They had like 9,000 fucking cases last night, dude, or yesterday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I believe, and this goes back to your point about the CBA, right? I believe the MLB will do whatever they can do because I don't think they're going to give a fuck about fairness. If there's a way to generate revenue dollars, yep, into a stadium, and Illinois did it right, or New York did it this way, or Seattle did it this way, or LA, you know what I'm saying? But these guys didn't. I'm going to try to capitalize on the money that I can get, and I that's how I think the MLB will probably do it. Um, Personally, I could be 100% wrong. Like I said, it's more it's posed more as a question than a statement, I guess. But it's just 
I, I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they do, man. That's why there's I, a lot we there's a lot we don't know. Buzz, let's move into some fun stuff. Fun stuff. Uh, but before we do that, one last note: transaction freeze lifts Friday, so you can see some player movement in between teams. I did say you might see some stuff before today, uh, as the deadline to submit the players for Sunday afternoon. The Sox did make some cuts. They 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 cut five players the other day. Um, that's what I was talking about. Um, you could see some some transactional movement within the rosters themselves uh, through the rest of today. Uh, I have not looked on Twitter since we started recording to see if anything's happened. I have not either. Uh, but I don't I don't think there is anything. My phone has not lit up um, in that regard. So transaction freeze lifts Friday. Uh, we'll see what happens then. Um, I, I don't really expect there to be much movement at this point. Do you? No, no, I, I, I really don't think so. Not at this point. Okay. All right. We're going to get on to some fun stuff. This is Sunday fun day buzz. It's been great to be back on the mic with you. Missing Nani a little bit. I don't know about you. Missing Nani. Oh, I think he would have had Nani. some, he would have had some good points in this show, but, uh, I, I hope he's enjoying a, a nice cold beverage right now. I see you're playing with your koozie. You look like you need a, a nice cold Miller well, light. You know me on Sundays. It's noon, baby, but I forgot to grab him. I was, uh, I was drinking, um, uh, Starbucks. I went, I, they have a new black guava iced tea. Yes. Yeah, dude. I will die for that drink. And, uh, and what I mean by die for it is I would literally, if I was like, if I was going to get shot or I can take a sip of that drink, I'd get, I, you know, like I, I take a sip of the drink to get shot. It's so fucking, there, it's so good, dude. I can't help it. I, I'm going to go get another one. I think before I start drinking my beer today, there you go. So buzz, you're, you're expecting a child this year. Yes. Um, so I want to get into this one. My, my daughter, when she was born, it was 2010. The uh, the White Sox were not very good, but the Blackhawks they won a championship. Uh, you do not yet have a kid born in a championship year. Can the White Sox finish this one for you um, right after your child is born, and we can both have a child that was born during the year of one of our favorite teams winning the championship? Is that possible? Oh that, yeah, absolutely. In the shortened season, especially yeah, absolutely. They're gonna win there the fucking go. World Series. I'm gonna be very happy. There you go. Hot I just take. needed. To, I I needed to know. I needed to know right there if 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 the Sox can do it this year. Do you actually think that the White Sox would be able to win a World Series this year? And would you care if people had an asterisk next to that World Series? Oh fuck your asterisk! You know what I'm saying? Fuck their asterisk! I don't care about their asterisk. Um, now if Detroit, Minnesota, Cleveland, the Cubs. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody like them, Kansas City, if they won a World Series, there definitely deserves to be an asterisk there. But if the Sox won one, there shouldn't be an asterisk there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a homer and I don't give a fuck. Because <laughs> you're a homer and you don't give a fuck. So that's exactly what I wanted to get into real quick. The strength of schedule for the White Sox. The Royals, the Tigers, Pittsburgh. We're going to have some teams that we should beat this year. Yeah, and we should beat them pretty handedly. I mean, what what was it like? We were uh, when those predictions came out it was like thirty one, thirty one and a half. I'm pounding the over, dude. I'm on the over. You're on the over. I'm on and, the over, which is which is really funny now because you can actually legally bet online in Illinois. Yeah. So are I, you gonna put money down on this? Are you a big yeah, better guy? You know I'm a big better dude. Do you know how much money I won yesterday, bro? How much money did you win? I won a hundred and ten dollars yesterday on FanDuel. Oh really? Yeah, because I'm fucking betting on cars turning left. Okay. Oh, here we go with the NASCAR stuff again. That's the only right, thing you can bet on, man. You got any meatball takes today, Buzz? Uh, meatball takes. If the White Sox sign Yasiel Puig, they will win the fucking World Series. Ooh. That one, okay, you know what? That hurt to say a little bit. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why, but it felt dirty when it came out. That that was very spicy. I'm going to stick by I, that, though. I'm going to stick by that. That was one of the spicier ones I think I've cooked up on this show. So I'm going to... I'm gonna let that you one cooked sit. that. You cooked that one up on the spot. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you cooked that one up on the spot, and I liked it. I liked that. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back, and I wasn't really happy with the Garrett Crochet pick, um, just for a, a plethora of different reasons. But I actually think he comes in here this year and has a very solid year out of the bullpen. Wow. Really. Yeah, you wanted spice. That's, I gave you some spice on that. Man, you put red pepper flakes in that motherfucker. Yeah, I, I don't know where that Ooh. one came from either. <laughs> cooked it up cooked it up in the kitchen, and I'm serving it hot straight for your mouth right oh, now. No, there it is. Oh, God. All right, man. Who's your shout-out? Shout-out. That This one's going to be tough, but uh, I, I, I think I definitely have to shout-out uh, a few people who've come by the crib uh, lately. 
Um, number one, uh, we haven't done this in a little while. Lucas Perfetti, who runs our Bears show. Uh, this guy has got to be my favorite party guest that I've ever had show up. And if you haven't checked him out, Bears on Tap. I know most of the people who are listening to this show are Bears fans. Lucas Perfetti, not only is he a good podcaster and knows a shit ton about the Bears, but this this guy, if you invite him over for beers, he doesn't just show up with like the standard case of beer. He shows up with like $100 worth of McDonald's, and he's always like the last person to the party when everybody's drunk enough that they need some food, and he's there to feed you. And you don't even have to ask this guy to do it. He just does it. He just shows up. I don't know how this guy. He's a kind soul. <laughs> I don't know how this guy wound up with McDonald's breakfast sandwiches the other weekend. Oh, my God. At like 10 o'clock. Because the next day I went over to, to the local McDonald's because the, the breakfast sandwiches he brought were so damn good the night before. I'm like, I need these. I woke up, you know, bummed around the house a little while. It was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I look at my wife. I'm like, let's go get some McDonald's. Those were good last night. We get there and they're like, we don't serve breakfast till six. Ever since the pandemic, we cut the breakfast menu. How Lucas Perfetti had hot and ready McDonald's breakfast sandwiches at 10 o'clock at night. You'll never know. Is a one, I'll, I'll never know. It's a wonder to behold. But damn, Socks on Tap, shout out to that guy. He fed a lot of the Socks on Tap crew uh, the other weekend. And then uh, I'll give a shout out to our guy, Austin Dzik, uh and Matt Berkland. Both came through last weekend. Awesome dudes, drank some beers. Um, just a good time. Anytime we get to see them, it was like a little mini lot B on my driveway. Uh, and I love that. I love that feeling getting to toss some bags, drink some beers, uh, and see people who we normally see in lot B, uh, always a good time, especially when we haven't had the chance to get out there. So shout out to those guys. Um, and then I'll add another one. Summer of George came out, uh, the other weekend as well. Um, good to see him in person and crack some beers with him. Hoping to, uh, see him again soon before he takes off to Texas another on tap sports net guy, but those are my shout outs for the week buzz. Who do you got? All right. So this week it's, it's kind of funny. I, I, I have a new guy and I have not really dealt with this guy often, but he became my spirit animal and it was really, it was really quick. Have you, have you seen this guy who's been fucking hashtagging yaw dog? Have you seen this fucking no. guy? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. His name is, <laughs> its name is this one. <laughs> it's a picture of Barney Fife as his fucking uh, his avatar or his you know his profile picture, and it's dis one at dis one ten. This dude is fucking hysterical. I just I think he's funny. He hashtags yaw dog like every day, and I just I laugh at his tweets. So I want to shout him out because he only has two hundred ten followers, and I think he's fucking funny. Nice. I've got I've got I've got one more for the road too, Buzz. There's a new account out there. I have no idea who's running this thing. This is the Loppy Tailgate uh, account. It is Loppy it is the Loppy Tailgate Report account. It just took my... I have no idea who did this. I have no idea who did this. It's but me, bro. I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up. We can we can shout them out together, Buzz. It's me, bro. Him or her. It's no, not you. Yes, it is. That's not you. Yes, it Loppy is. Loppy Tailgate Report? Yeah. That is you? Yeah. Since when? When did you start that, Tony? I'm fucking with you. It's not, you know it's That's, not me. That you know can't I'm be too... you. I, you don't have enough. You don't have enough time to do that. <laughs> you I know, know you. I know you. Who do you know? Who this no, guy I, is? No, I seriously, I have no idea. They just followed me the other day on Twitter, and I was like looking through his shit, and I'm like, Lot B tailgate guy. I'm like, we're from Lot B, <laughs> you know. So I was like, okay, cool. But no, I have no idea who the fuck it is. I just thought it'd be funny to fuck with you a little bit. I have some theories. Who Lot B tailgate report is? Okay, I want to hear the theories. I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna say it on air. We're gonna talk about it after we get off uh, this this show. But I have some theories as to who Lot B tailgate report is. I'm wondering if they own a Lot B tailgate crew shirt because if they don't, they need one. And I think we're gonna get Lot B tailgate report a Lot B shirt uh, here very shortly. Um, so, but I have some theories as to who it may or may not be, and they may already own one of the shirts. So that, that's the problem here, but I love that account. I can't wait to get back into lot B and crush some beers and show up on the lot B tailgate report Twitter. Um, very, very good, uh, thought and, 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 uh, idea to come up with that account. So, uh, kudos to them. Shout out. I'll crack them for that. Oh, for sure. Awesome. All right, man. Well, that's all I got for this week. You got anything else before we lead it on out here? 
Um, the only other things I got to say, Buzz, it's uh, it's always good to get to talk White Sox baseball on a Sunday. Happy Sunday, fun day to everybody. We're coming up on one of the best holidays, in my opinion. That's Fourth of July. You know why, Buzz? Did you see the fireworks that I have in the gas chamber ready to go here? I have not seen your fireworks, but I know I've got a ton of them over in my neighbor's garage. I know there's going to be a ton of fireworks being lit off all week. It's my favorite time because I love fireworks, Buzz. So um, be safe out there if you are lighting fireworks off, man. Oh, bro. I've got mortars. I've got everything. We're going to pour gas on it, and we're going to watch them fucking oh, there blow up. It's going to be awesome. I cannot fucking there wait. There you go. Cannot wait. But anyway, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap, at ontapsportsnet. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you listen to us live on MixLR.com, make sure you subscribe. You'll get an email notification every time we go live. That's all I got for this week. We'll lead it out with uh, how we usually do. White Sox forever. White Sox forever, guys.